0: Welcome back to uh, another episode of AB Side with me, Ben and Anzi. Anzi, what are we talking about this week?
1: What you just cutting straight to it? No how and use no, not none of that business. Why? That's not very polite.
0: I'll tell you why, Anzi, because we are talking about masculinity and men today, and men don't mess around with you just cut with the chase is it yeah
1: so why did you ask me that question
0: you just call someone up this is what. why I did need. you just
1: ask me that question when you clearly know what the topic is anyhow we digress um let's play this jingle business all right first up we want to introduce to you our first guest uncle k hello hey uncle k how are you
2: i'm very well yourself
1: not too bad thank you for asking and like ben um would you like to introduce yourself properly to the rest of our listeners that may not be acquainted with you
2: okay um i'm uncle k i presume people call me uncle k because i'm old enough
1: no it's just me i call you that
2: (laughs) No, the whole church calling me Uncle Kay. <clears throat> Young and old. It's because of your wisdom. Yeah, that's true. Because of my lack of hair, probably.
1: That's not true. You still have hair. Wow.
2: Well, well, for that few strands that I've got left. Anyway, we digress. Uh, so my name is Kay, and uh, I have been living in Birmingham with my family for the last 14 years. One, four. Um, that's the age of my daughter, so when we first moved here. um, I work as a NHS consultant in Wolverhampton, and I've got two kids. Abigail is 14 and Simon is 10, and I've got a lovely wife, Andrea. Uh, I won't tell you her age. um, I just kind of say that she's lovely.
1: She is lovely.
2: She is lovely. Isn't she lovely? Anyway, um, I like to play the guitar and sing and um, so sometimes the church is kind of to let me lead worship from time to time i like to swim um that's me really
1: thanks uncle k next up we have another guest
3: we've got um mr mr hancock steve Mr. Hancock, okay, Steve, yeah. Um, uh, As the introduction might suggest, I'm a a secondary school teacher, hence the Mr. Hancock bit. I teach maths. Um, uh, For those who have been with the church, who are with BCEC and have been for a little while, you might remember that we were at uh, Aston University Engineering Academy, the, the secondary school where we rented the church. That's the school I teach in. So yes, other than being a teacher, uh, I'm married uh, and I'm a dad. Uh, I've been married for 10 years now, approximately, and I've been a father for just over one year. Uh, My wife, Jing, is a doctor in the NHS, so I know a little bit about the challenges that uh, Kay and Andrea face in that role. Uh, And my son, Joshua, he doesn't have a job yet.
1: That's great. Thank you so much for joining us on this show. Um, Ben, why did you invite these two gentlemen, actually?
0: Well, uh, if you've listened to last week's episode, you will remember that we were talking about ladies and femininity. Uh, so we thought that it's fair that we have a discussion uh, with some men. And so I picked the two manliest men that I could find.
1: Oh, really? Um,
0: well, the two manliest men that, that responded and said, yes, they would like to come on the podcast. <laughs> um, so I, I want to start with this question, actually. Um, let's start with Steve. How manly are you, Steve?
3: Um. I did one of those quizzes once that asked me that, and I got quite a good score. Um, I can't remember exactly what the questions were. Um, I think it was, uh, there was various different questions, one to do with different scars. I don't know if that's manliness or history of foolishness. Um, There was one about, have you ever fired a gun? Have you ever... um, have you ever hunted and your own food and caught your own food and I've done all of those sorts of things, so I, I, I scored quite highly on that test. I don't know if it's definitive though. So it's all about how
0: many things you've killed. Is that how manly you are?
3: No, uh, I, I I I think that was one of the measurements that that particular quiz took. Um, but uh, I don't know how much I would uh, I would agree that you can sum it up in such simple or even quantitative terms.
1: Oh, what about Uncle K? How manly are you, Uncle K?
2: So I've been thinking about this question, and I just had an Indian takeaway. And
3: oh, yeah. What to, level I of spice? Collect,
2: yeah, yeah, I am keep saying that. So I, I went to collect this, uh, <clears throat> my food from this um, Indian restaurant, which is, which is a pub as well. And so when I entered the pub, there, there's just like three bouncers, actually. And, and I look at them and I, I just think that you know, this, this is the, the, the classical definition of a manly man. You know, they are way taller than I, than I am and they've got bulging muscles, they have authority. So I'm a, a very average height Chinese man without much muscle apart from my, my belly roll and I speak quite softly as well. So by that definition, I, I think I feel miserably as the, the manly man. That's why I, I ate so much, just not just to comfort myself.
1: Comfort eating. So you mentioned authority, muscles and height. Yeah. Steve, on the other hand, mentioned guns.
0: I guess it's like survival skills. Survival
1: skills, hunting. Are these the definitive,
0: what you call them? Are these the, the qualities of a manly man?
1: Yeah, is, are these the qualities of a manly man?
0: I guess if I'm thinking about how, how manly I am, I don't think I'm the, I am the tallest of, of, all, our, of all of our guests. So I've got that going for me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe for, for me being manly is maybe about being able to, to be independent and do things for yourself and just kind of make, make things happen in the world.
3: That was one of the qualities that I was thinking, uh, I think sort of uh, it, sort of instigating things, uh, I guess taking a lead, but not necessarily in the sense of leading others, but kind of getting things going, taking the initiative, perhaps. I think taking the initiative is certainly a quality that I would associate with masculinity. But before we start to get into the individual qualities, and I was sort of thinking about this before we 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 came on together there are so many qualities that men have that women also have and there's kind of an overlap between the two so I guess we're kind of looking at either qualities that men exclusively have or qualities that men and women generally have in differing amounts so I'm sure that women can take the initiative and make things happen as well I don't think it's, it's unique. I think it's a, it's a matter of degree rather than a categorical difference.
1: Well, I think so, because when the moment you said taking the initiative, I thought, Oh, what about women? I automatically got a bit defensive.
2: So that's more like a, uh, a definition of an adult, isn't it? So when you <clears throat> become an adult, you have to take responsibility and take initiative to, to do things, regardless of your gender. You do.
0: I was thinking about um, we, me and Andy have this this group chat. What's it called, Andy? Like manly, real men, manly, real men. Yeah, um, and it's just for like like DIY things. Or it's
1: it's basically a chat that I jokingly set up between myself, Bert and Ben, and it's about. It, it happened because I had a plumbing issue, and both of those guys tried to fix my washing machine, and then lo and behold. I was like, actually, I'm just going to go get a real man to come and fix it. Pay a plumber to go and do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I do pride myself on, or I do think it's it's a manly quality that I have, or that I like to think of myself as being able to like fix things or do things. Like I built a wall in my garden. These are all things that that are about my masculinity as well as something that I enjoy doing. I think.
1: So guys, they're more about problem solving.
0: Ben keep going,
2: going on about his wall. Yep. After all, all these it. it's, <laughs> it's what, still standing. It's still standing.
1: He built a wall. He sounds like Trump. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? So men like to solve a problem and fix it. Is that the crux of masculinity? Then.
2: Yeah, I think generally speaking, that um, as men we, we, we try to see each issue as a problem to be solved. And we derive pleasure in solving them.
1: Mm. Not to say women don't.
2: Again, a matter of degree rather than a categorical
3: distinction.
1: Thank you, maths teacher. (laughs) No, but it's true. I agree. I agree there. I agree.
3: If you really want to go mathematical, we could uh, discuss between group and within group variants, because even within men, there's a range... um, of degrees of these different traits being presented. And also within women, there's a range. And then there's the sort of the comparison between the two groups.
1: Um, no, thank you. Not today. You. <laughs> okay, we'll, um, we'll save that
3: for yeah, um, <laughs> my, my statistics channel on YouTube. Okay. Yeah, that could be the <laughs> Um,
1: So I wanted to ask you guys, actually, are men better drivers?
3: Statistically, yes, depending on what you-
1: Statistically, yes.
3: Define better. Yeah, depend, depending on how you define it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so are men more aggressive at driving men? Yes.
3: Yes, yeah. yes. I agree. Yeah. On a, on average, again, we're talking tendencies.
1: But but surely if they're more aggressive driving, that causes them to be slightly more dangerous now?
3: Um so th- if you look at uh if you look at car insurance and ha- we, we, they used they used to be allowed to um, take account of the different gender risks in mm-hmm. in the premiums that they set and that was deemed to be un- unfair uh, previously. but before that, um, it was the idea that men were more expensive to insure than women, and people took that to assume that men caused more damage than women. Uh, when they were driving but actually women caused significantly more damage than men it's just that women spread their damage out over lots of separate little incidents backing into a bollard or a slow a low a low speed maneuvering collision that caused a small amount of damage that was largely covered by the excess men on the other hand had occasional wipeouts much rarer but when they did happen much more catastrophic which wasn't covered by the excess. Because if you have lots of little incidents, then the excess applies multiple each time. So women were cheaper to insure because of the excess, even though they caused a total greater cost of damage. I think that's quite an illustrative point about the, the differences between the two.
2: Or could it be another explanation where men are less likely to report damages because their pride or they just can't be bothered? <laughs>
3: Possibly, although uh, last time my wife bumped into another car, she left a number on the uh, on, on on the other vehicle. My number, not hers. Yeah, she uh, she, left, <laughs> she left she left, she left <laughs> them my number, which the other guy thought was hilarious. Um, and in the end, he said, "Ah, oh, it's nothing. It's mine. I just leave it." He he wasn't bothered about the kind of the slight scuff. I think he was just so amused by the fact that my wife had left my number rather than her <laughs> own on his
2: car. Because you're the man of the house. Well, yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs>
1: So, to go back to my original question, are men better drivers then?
2: I mean,
0: we don't, we said we don't want to talk about stats. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, if I would be okay with saying like me and Steve and Kay are automatically better drivers than, uh, than you or,
2: or any, any other women. Or your wives. Out there. Your wives. Yeah. I suppose not our wives. Yeah. I would say that. Uh, women are safer driver. Okay. Uh, but men are better at parking their cars, especially parallel parking.
1: <laughs> you know, your wife listens to the show, right?
2: <laughs> she would agree with me.
1: Okay, okay. I'd love to hear. Oh her thoughts. dear! Oh dear! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think this is interesting because it's like actually, I think one reason that that men maybe have those those bigger crashes is definitely because they're more confident probably overconfident in those cases Mm. and you tend not to hear about women like being reckless with a car and and taking risks in the same way right
2: Mm.
0: so regardless of of your ability to control the car men are definitely more cavalier with it i think
3: I think confidence. Uh, you said cavalier. I think there's, there's some truth to that. I think the kind of the, the broader confidence. I mean, if we're going to be looking at uh, at our spouses and comparing, and sort of the, that's where most people get to see and someone else driving. Uh, Jing doesn't like driving in the city centre because of the one way system. She gets lost and confused and doesn't like changing lane because people are being aggressive. Um, but sometimes we have to go into the city centre. She's been working at the children's hospital, and I'm at Aston University's Engineering Academy, which is right in the center as well. Um, we have to go in, but she doesn't want to drive in the one-way system, so I end up driving. So that's kind of a, a necessary usefulness. Um, is that? Is Does that, that make me the better driver? Um, I guess there are confidences required to achieve that, but maybe the confidence comes with uh, a risk of excessive confidence.
2: Hmm.
1: Could it also be that women... Are okay with receiving, asking and receiving help when they're not confident, especially with driving or just asking for directions or um, asking a gentleman to help them with something.
3: I imagine that's more common, yeah.
1: So, with that premise, would it be that men generally don't like to ask for help, don't ask for directions, or rarely?
2: So, again, I. I don't. I don't fit into that stereotype of a manly man because I love to ask.
1: Okay. And
2: uh, ask for help all the time. Okay. Because I I just want to avoid making mistakes.
1: Hmm. I like that.
2: <laughs> that's what you want to hear from a doctor, right?
1: Yes, Not, you want. <laughs> I'm
2: just going to figure it out by myself, and that's partly because uh, of my profession as well. Because you you always want to. Check and double checked that um, what you're doing it's the right thing to do by asking maybe someone more senior than you and more experienced than you.
3: I do think it depends on the the circumstances. Uh, if the circumstances sort of uh, if it if it's absolutely critical, um, then I think uh, and and you can't work it out for yourself, um, then I think it's it's absolutely fine to ask. At the other end of the scale. Um, sometimes people ask when they could just look something up for themselves um uh when people i think uh prefer to ask someone rather than even to think for a moment or simply to to look something up
0: that sounds like something my wife would say do you guys ever have have this where you're like looking for something and obviously men are not as good at finding things as women are (laughs) yeah so I'll, i'll say to mandy hey do you know where the cheese is or whatever and um and she'll deliberately not tell me because she wants me to find it for myself. But I'm like, "But you have information that can help me <laughs> do the job faster. Why don't we just share the information?" But she doesn't want me to be relying on her to to identify things to, to show me where things are. That, Does that happen to you guys? That's all of my son. Just too lazy. No, it's not laziness. I'm look. I'm actively looking for it.
1: <laughs> that's that's what. So. Isn't that the case? Of you just ask your mum where everything is. Mum knows where everything is, right?
0: No, it's like I can't find something. If if it was obvious, then I just I just get it myself. But it's if I can't find something, I'm like, hey, do you know where this is? And she, sometimes she does, and she doesn't want want to um, assist me in in finding.
3: Have it. you already looked, or, or or do you ask before you even start looking?
0: No, I've, I've started looking. Oh, um, sometimes sometimes I'm like, I need to go and get the washing basket. Hey, do you know where that is? And then she does, but she doesn't want to tell me.
1: You sound like she's out to get you.
0: She's mean no, she's she said that's that's what she's doing. She doesn't she she wants me to, to
1: look for it.
0: yeah, yeah. when I'm just saying, hey, we've both got information, let's work together on this.
3: See uh, your, your example about the cheese earlier. I've never had to look for the cheese because there's there's, there's a set place where the cheese goes. Um, <laughs> uh, sometimes establishing system. Right, of course yeah, of course, there's a place for the there's cheese. There's a set place for the cheese. Yeah, it's <laughs> on the second shelf, dairy, yeah. the dairy shelf, just below the fresh veg and above the raw meat. Yeah, yeah.
1: This is this is such an interesting conversation, guys, because I wonder. Actually, jumping ahead. Um, are there expectations placed on men by society or by women or even upon yourselves? Do you think?
3: I think that practicality that Ben mentions um, is, is one aspect. I think, um, if, if there's a, if there's a practical problem, there's an expectation that a man would be able to solve it. Um, uh, I think we also sort of, uh, I think the one that springs to mind for me is if you look back in history at sort of the the different roles, um, it was always the men that were conscripted and sort of the the in, in the wars. Um, and if we look at sort of the examples, I thought I, I mentioned uh, shooting at the beginning. The the there's also the idea, as well as the sort of the practicality of being able to fix things. I think there's an expectation of. Moral, uh, sorry, of a, a physical courage from men—the idea that they would be willing to put themselves in harm's way for the sake of others—I uh, think that's, that's sort of those sort of two expectations come to mind for men, for me,
1: as in helping others in a hero type complex. Would you say
3: hero complex? That's 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 definitely one that we can unpick there in your uh, in your psyche. Um, no, I would say if there's a uh, if there's, if there's like a <sighs> Okay, who takes the bins down if it's raining? It's pretty it's pretty minus. It's, it's hardly hero, heroic, is it? But like you know, if someone needs to get wet, it's going to be me, not my wife. Um,
1: Why is that then?
3: I I think that's my responsibility. I, th- I don't I don't I don't know where that comes from. Uh, actually, I have got a few ideas. Uh, servant leadership, I think, would be the sort of the the word that I would use to sum sum that approach up. <laughs>
1: Okay.
2: Uh, I agree with Steve about the bin because um, I've got a birthday card to say that thank you there for being the bin take outer. Oh, wow. So, my, my job description has been specified, really. <laughs> um, but coming back to your questions, that I, I think I'm aware of this societal expectation of a man from a young age, I think, because um, I know when I was younger, I was. Um, I was a bit timid and shy and I was quite reliant on my mom and and I was very quiet and I remember um, years later when when I was t- talking to dad you know dad has always trying ways to in his own way you know I want to make you a bit stronger and make your own decision take more risk so I suspect that at a young age I, I had that sort of a awareness that you know i, I need to behave in a, some in some ways for being the male gender
1: so you said take more risks yeah so and so what does that mean
2: i suppose to be a bit more daring um be a bit more outspoken and um i just 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 do it kind of attitude rather than just keep thinking about it and not really want to make the first move and and don't want to put yourself out there, that kind of thing. And did you? Um I think definitely from during my primary school years I was I was that sort of a person that I was quite timid and shy. But I don't know why, but coming to high school or secondary school, I, I suddenly there's a switch just been switched on. And maybe because I was I went to a all-boys school and then you have to put yourself out there a little bit more and um, so it's a bit more sort of a laddish kind of school that you have to behave in a certain way. So there's a part of me that I just suddenly got switched on and i becoming more outgoing, more confident, play more sports, um, play in a band, that kind of thing just went from there i suppose
1: is it not just testosterone during puberty
2: <laughs> it could be i i have never measured it but uh i wish i i could i should have
0: <laughs> so i think it's interesting that like these ideas of like you were saying okay uh, you were saying like you should be doing this um and steve was talking about like it's it's your responsibility to um to to do something um and then I was thinking, you guys were both like, oh, of course we take the bins out. And I'm like, oh, you know, I just forget to do the bins um, a lot. <laughs> and, and so money takes out. And even though that I know that like men and women should both be allowed to take out the bins, part of me is thinking, wait, but I'm failing in my responsibility as a man. Here are two more men than me. <laughs> um and it's just like proving actually what Anzi was talking about, like this hero complex, even in the tiny things. Like, I feel a slight touch of shame that, I, that I'm i not the bin guy.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Let's backtrack a bit, Ben. Okay. Um. So thinking about these other two gentlemen, actually, they are high in the acts of service category compared to Ben.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> so um, don't it's okay bad it's okay we all understand. No, i
0: know i know i know it's okay it's it's just interesting that 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 is built into um like masculinity i think um and there's there's definitely things where i would say to Mandy, you know let me take care of that let me let me f- figure out what's going on with the car let me change that that tire for you so you don't have to like figure it out and spend your time on it and get dirty and all that kind of stuff But yeah, so there is there is something about like it is we have a a duty to do certain things, right? And it feels like that that um, that idea of duty runs quite deep because even in something as superficial as the bins, I'm feeling like, oh no, I'm failing. These guys are just showing me up.
2: I I I have a confession to make.
1: Okay, go for it.
2: Uh, The reason, oh, one of the reasons why I. I take the bin out is because I cannot stand how my wife puts the new bin back (laughs) into the the bin properly. She couldn't do it properly, so I have to do it myself. Do you know the way that they just you you wanna put the whole bin liner properly all the way to the bottom?
1: Uh Uh-huh. She
2: doesn't she doesn't do that. She just she just hook it around at the side. And that gets me.
1: <laughs> but eventually, eventually, you will still have to shove the rubbish, like you push you push your, the rubbish down with your hand, no? Yeah, but then
2: there's a layer of air being trapped. So when you put stuff in and you just have this puff of air or pockets of air just <laughs> obstructing the rubbish from going down to the bottom. I'm very passionate about that.
3: I I completely agree. Um, Thank you, Steve. I mean, I, I'd, I'd never come across the possibility of Jing doing it wrong because I hadn't trusted her with that duty. Um,
1: <laughs> my um maybe, goodness.
3: Maybe she would fall into oh, the same feminine this. trap that Andrea has. Oh, um, but goodness. uh But no. Uh, yeah, I think there's uh, a. <laughs> sometimes there's a task that you want doing a particular way. Uh, is is that a masculine trait? Being quite particular about the way something is done. Um or is that just uh or because or, or does that cut both ways is that kind of uh i think it comes down to like this it all
0: comes down to to like our own ego doesn't it our own pride in <laughs> in like all of what we've been talking about it comes down to how much we think of ourselves and how much we compare ourselves to other men i guess or
1: what we think is the correct way no
0: man i just want things done properly uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's your own pride, isn't it? Your own ego. It, it
1: sounds like you guys think that is the correct way of doing something.
3: Yeah. Right. yeah Yeah.
1: And that's okay. I think. I think we all think we have a correct way of doing something. I'm fine with not bending in and and putting it in all four corners of the bin, um because eventually the rubbish will get pushed down. Like wait a I will- second.
2: Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> maybe my wife knows that I, I really get irritated by that and she just keeps doing that so that i will keep taking the bin out every week oh she's wiser than i i give her credit oh.
1: you're making her out to be quite crafty <sighs> here. i'm not sure about that actually
2: <laughs> my wife is so clever <laughs>
0: Do you know, I wish we had last week's guests on this show at the same time. I think it would be um, an amazing conversation.
1: It's fine. We can stick to it being three men and a little lady here, Um, which is another film that I recently came across from the 80s. Have you ever seen that one? Three men and a little baby and three men and a little lady. It was so funny. Um, But anyway, are you guys an alpha male?
3: Probably yes. Yes.
1: I definitely think all three of you on a separate occasion, if you were set in a small group of some sort, you guys would probably be the ones to step up and speak up.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that to me would be the alpha male.
0: Yeah, this is interesting, like how, how we think of ourselves and how we think of each other. I would say out of the three of us, I would say Steve is the, the
3: most alpha. Woo. I tend to have to scale it back rather than anything else. Um, that's, that's, yeah, more, more, more the case with me.
1: But then if you talk about it in a Chinese setting, surely Uncle K should be the alpha male. How so? Chinese societies, they tend to... Um,
2: Filial piety.
1: Yes, it is all about the hierarchy, is it not?
2: Or oh, just by seniority that I'm the alpha male. <laughs> yeah. Oh really? So that would be kind of like a, that
3: would be a, that would be a, bespo- uh, a be a bestowed alpha status rather than an innate tendency to to be dominant. I think that might be conferred upon you. I don't know that you necessarily instinctively take it. Yeah.
1: But I guess it depends on your expertise, does it not? So with Uncle K's profession, he would be an alpha in that setting, surely. And then, likewise, if we were in a mathematical problem room, then I would turn to Steve.
3: I think I think in my teaching capacity, it's more the behaviour management uh, side, which is where my uh, my alpha tendencies
2: become useful. So, so in a medical world, um, th- th- there is certainly a, a perception that certain certain doctors are more associated with alpha male um, stereotype. So, for example, like if you're a surgeon or, or orthopedics, you know where you're a bit of a, a doer and um, problem solver. Whereas I'm a physician, so I'm more like a softy, softy doctor that look after you and listen to your concern and trying to solve it. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think I think being alpha doesn't mean that you are. Um, it's it's different to being put in a position of leadership but it's more the way that you interact with the people around you
3: Assertiveness. even if
0: they even if they're your superiors yeah a-
1: assertiveness because from my opinion i thought it was if you are the alpha male or the alpha dog you are the one that is has the most amount of dominance and you are leading your pack
0: yeah but you can do that you can do that when you're not actually like in in terms of expertise, you can still be alpha in an area where you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's,
1: true. that's
0: true. And that's normally when things go wrong.
3: And also we operate, in, we operate in different spheres as well. So there might be like one context where you have authority and another context with different people where you don't. So I think you could actually look at any one situation who is the alpha in that situation versus whether or not somebody has alpha tendencies
1: what does that mean then
2: alpha tendencies I suppose that um, if I'm in a situation where I have to provide leadership then I will step up so I can I can be the alpha male um, persona if I have to be I suppose that um, I do have that quality that I can use if I, I, if I have to but uh, most of the time I would like to be observer and and see how I can contribute to make things better in that situation. But if I see that you know, it in the situation that where a, a leadership is crucial, then I, I can step up. I suppose.
1: Can that be applied in marriage in terms of observing the wife, Uncle K, and letting the wife wear the trousers? Oh, ooh!
2: Put me on the spot now. Um. I would say that uh, most decisions that uh, we take in marriage are done under mutual mutual consensus, yes. After much discussion, and we come up with the agreed solution.
1: That sounds nice.
2: So I, I suppose that in terms of leadership in a marriage, it, um, I would see myself providing that leadership um, perhaps in a spiritual matter. So in terms of um, so leading the family in, in prayer or Bible study and that sort of thing. So I I, I feel it's my role to do that. Um, and then other major decision like maybe buying a house and that sort of thing it's it's a, a very shared uh, decision um, and Andrea is very good at um, sorting out the kids stuff and often time that she would just let me know what has been done with the kids and more often than not I would just agree
1: So it sounds like she leads in the with the kids, then.
2: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, of course, she will ask me if something that's sort of a crucial in the kids' school stuff, for example. You know, she will ask me, and uh, um, and the time I would just ask her, "What do you think?" Because I know that she would have thought long and hard about it before she consult me, and most of the time I would just agree with her.
3: I mean, it's important to discuss big decisions and agree them together. At the same time, it's crippling for a decision making process if every little thing has to be referred for discussion. Um, I think the trick is having a kind of a shared understanding of where the line is between what you can just make a, a unilateral decision on and what should be discussed um the harder question is um if coming to a coming to agreement if 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 you don't have the same position um then prayer and time is one way to resolve that but some decisions are time sensitive and sort of where where do you draw the line on that and um uh, sort of looking at it from a sort of a, a leadership perspective, sort of thinking about the the leadership training and studying that I've done um, with the the Army Reserves when I was at university, and then later helping out with the Cadet Force. There's nothing more crippling than there not being a plan and there being no clear leader. Um it's not 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 in all cases, but if you, if you kind of give a group a task and you haven't assigned or appointed a leader and no one really takes that mantle on. It, it can just it can just descend into complete inaction or, or or kind of people working at cross purposes. Um, if you randomly assign without any sort of an, uh, without any assessment of who'd be best for it, just randomly assign someone as leader, that can sometimes work better than just having no leader at all. Um, so it almost doesn't matter who's making the final decision. You just have to have a casting vote somewhere so that you don't get stuck. Um, but then. That casting vote shouldn't be abused. I think sometimes you need you need sort of you need some sort of uh, system for resolving a sort of a deadlock.
1: Mm. But that's in a team type setting. So when it comes down to in a family or in a marriage, what about issues such as taking well, your wife taking your surname? Let's talk about that because we talked about that in the yeah. That, that, that's that's
3: one that I've I, I think I've, I've mentioned a couple of times before um, in sort of marriage ministry context. When Jing and I were getting married, we uh, we did the the mar- um, marriage preparation course with uh, Two Equals One, an um, uh, organization that Bert referred us to, and one of the issues that came out for me was uh, th- th- this. This was something we agreed on was that it was really important that we leave our 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 old families, our parents, and we kind of cleave to each other as a a new family. And that that sort of that that was sort of an important process. A a man leaves his mother and his father and is joined to his wife. And um, for me, one of the really important symbols of that is a shared family surname. And uh, and Jing was sort of explaining that with Chinese names that doesn't really work so well. I mean that you don't there, there isn't that tradition in China, and kind of having the names sort of ha- having a name composed of elements from different naming traditions kind of jars a little bit. Um, so we sort of, and this, this, I suppose there was a, a deadline time-wise, but it wasn't a sort of a short, sharp decision. So we went away and we both prayed about it and we came back and we talked about if we thought we'd been sort of led anywhere. And, and I, I, I felt God was telling me that I was absolutely right in that it was important that we, that we sort of observed that leaving of our parents and cleaving to each other but that I was getting focused on a symbol of that, not the thing itself. And actually it was in part because I was quite concerned about whether Jing was going to be able to get that independence from her parents and join into a new family with me because they're, 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 they're lovely they live very close um, but throughout university jing used to go home and visit them every weekend um, so i was a little concerned as to whether or not that there, there would be that 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 leaving and cleaving process and actually that was what my underlying issue was it was more that i had that concern rather than i was concerned about the name itself that was that was merely a symbol so when i kind of realized that uh, and talked about it with Jing that kind of resolved it. I think that's that that's that's one way that you can play it out if you've got the time for a discussion. Um, I think it's uh I think it's it's time sensitive um, decisions that require that require sort of a, a casting vote sometimes where you can't take that time to go away and pray about it and discuss it at length we we had a a, a kind
0: of a similar similar discussion last week. Um, and Candy kind of came to the same conclusion that actually it's not about blindly following these traditions, but it, it's about actually thinking through what we want, what, what it is behind them that's important. Um, and I, I really like that that we can continue to have these conversations instead of just going, oh, well, that's the way it's done. Um, trying, trying to apply it um, to our unique situations is pretty cool, I think.
2: Indeed. Um, I'm I'm just trying to reflect uh, what you guys been saying and um I I don't think I've thought that far and deep uh, like you guys have. Because uh, <laughs> I assume naively that when we get married that my wife would just change her name to mine. But uh in <laughs> fact she retained her maiden name to this day, you know, professionally and and the banking stuff as well. Um it hasn't really affected me, um, so I suppose I'm not that sort of a traditional Chinese man that I would want my wife to follow my surname. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 okay with that.
1: Actually, both Jing and Andrea kept their maiden names however, ben's wife mandy why she she followed fri and why
0: um well i mean it's it's a different there's a different situation for everyone right um and i think i think for us it what like i guess like Steve was saying it it was symbolic of coming and and starting a new life but I do think it's interesting like we didn't really give a lot of thought to why it's the uh the man that that continues the line um but although i am the only mm, i think i'm the only male frearson in our in our family yeah yeah or i was for a long time um, Dad, surely no yeah sorry that i'm i'm the only i'm the only one that can continue the family name uh if we're doing things traditionally and there's nobody wow. i think i think i now have a cousin who is um in australia who is like 5 years old but before that there there was and the, not that my family are very traditional or there's there's a lot of pressure but that there were kind of like this comment of like oh ben you're the one that's going to carry on the family name um and i don't think pressen really has a, has a particularly um like deep back historical meaning but um but there was at least some background sense of like oh well i have to do that and i have to have kids and i guess i have to have a son if i'm gonna continue this line even further um not in a very and
1: you have a son yeah, now
0: yeah exactly not in a super serious way but uh, on some level it's there
1: so now he has that responsibility and expectation
0: yes and i will impress upon it every day <laughs> so that he knows how important it is
2: i mean for is quite a unique name anyway isn't it but whereas Tan, it it's like and there's millions upon millions of Tans in the world really so
1: no but it's your family it's your family isn't it
2: What is a tan a tan is a tan <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh boy um,
3: I I thought it was interesting what you said Ben I, I, obviously you partly in jest with with with, with reference yeah. to uh, Isaac and how you would want to train him in uh, in certain things and that was something I was really thinking about with with my son Joshua um I, obviously i like to think ahead and plan ahead i was thinking about teaching him to drive in what 16 years time uh recently and i was thinking well before you know before i set him loose i'm gonna get him to change a tire and change the oil and you know, top the water up in a radiator i don't want him to you know to sort of have be having to phone the the, the rac to get a tire changed yeah, yeah, yeah. um i was thinking actually that's that, what am i what expectations mm. am i putting on him um you know that sort of the, that sort of I guess that degree of self reliance, but isn't that I mean, to be honest, if, if if I if I had a daughter, I would also be training her how to change attire.
1: Good. I, would,
3: I wouldn't want her to be the damsel in distress.
1: Hmm.
3: Yeah. Um, I I, I would yeah, you know, I'd want her to be just as capable as competent and competent. Um, so I don't know that it's entirely gendered, but that, that I imagine there are some aspects of the way I might raise a boy and a girl that might end up coming out differently? I don't know.
1: That's really interesting. What about you, Uncle K? Have you raised your daughter differently from your son?
2: Subtly, I I would say yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I, I love them equally, the same. Uh, But in a sort of slightly unique, kind of different kind of way as well. So I have a slight expectation of a different expectation be- between the two of them, and the way I I try to um, show my parenting to each of them might be slightly different as well, um, because just because they got a, a different personality, a different temperament, um, and I, I suppose subtly as well for my son, I. I sort of um I trying to parent him in the way that how my dad parent parented me <clears throat> when I was a boy. So <laughs> history repeats itself now really. You know, I, I want him to be a bit more independent, a bit more um a bit more proactive, that sort of thing. Whereas, you know, I I I, I cut a lot of slack with, with Abby. Um I, I sort of uh, I get away with more more things than Sam um because you no know, she's she's my firstborn and she's my she's my little girl
1: <laughs>
2: Oh dear I said it now
1: Does that mean you're more protective over your daughter
2: Oh absolutely Absolutely Um yeah because I just I think it's this sort of a fatherly protective kind of um, mentality that I, I always have in me. Um, whereas for Sam I would like I would just push him to do a bit more out there, you know, take more risks, that sort of thing. Not not that I I, I won't yeah. Well not that I, I won't let Abby take risks and take initiative. I would love her to do that, but I would probably stand a bit closer. mm mm-hmm. Just in case she needs help. Yeah, I
0: I definitely even even with Isaac only being 2, I I I feel the same actually. I am yeah. more more protective of of what Sophie's doing and more happy for I to let Isaac kind of figure out that like, oh, if I run too fast I'm going to fall over and and scrape my knee. I, I'm maybe a bit a bit slower to to rush over and scoop him up and not in a not in a harsh way, but um you know, see if he can deal with it by himself more. Than with Sophie,
1: that to me sounds like you guys are following gender stereotypes. Then,
0: so you know, it's it's interesting um, because on on the one hand, we know that we don't want to be neglecting to teach our daughters like how to do how to take care of themselves and like fix a car or whatever. Um, and, and I think I think we want to we want to be equal on that sense. But we also know that there are that there are real differences between men and women right um and so I mean this isn't our parenting episode uh but I was just thinking about like in the bible uh we definitely know that that men and women well I have to be careful here
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, uh. We definitely know that there are there are differences, whether or not they're just physiological, biological, um, or whether or not there's spiritual differences between men and women. There are differences. Um and so we we have to be aware of that, right? But at the same time, we don't want to perpetuate the the superficial stereotypes, right? Like I'm still gonna try and teach Sophie to to throw in a ball and catch a ball and kick a football because there's no reason why she shouldn't be as good as a man and certainly as good as me at those things
1: okay i'm going to be devil's advocate here because the way that the two fathers here have expressed their um three
3: three fathers three sorry fathers.
1: sorry sorry three fathers but particularly protecting their daughters um i don't know if steve if you'll have a daughter in the future i don't know god knows i've, I've
3: got a second little boy on the way at the moment
1: uh- <laughs> Two boys, wow. so you don't have this
3: problem. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's, it's even like protecting your wife. Um, yeah. at what point then would you agree with the statement from the Bible that women are the weaker vessel?
0: Oh, we're going there. So, this is one Peter, um, chapter
1: three. <laughs> we are uh, going there again, just in case,
0: in case you knew the context, guys.
3: I mean, uh, a bit uh, okay, I, I think, uh if we're talking physical strength on average women are less physically strong um i don't think that's really up for discussion i think that's that's simply a, that that that's a fact a matter of record uh i think if we're talking about other forms of strength um depends how you define that i mean psychologists have got a complicated complicated thing to analyze i mean there's the the the, the five main personality traits they boiled it down to using sort of statistical analysis rather than any kind of, uh, any kind of pre-existing hypothesis. And there's clear clear differences there, but none of them is strength. I mean, there's agreeability. It's probably the big main difference between men and women and men are generally less agreeable than women. uh, And that's sometimes necessary to be
2: strong, but not uniquely. So, um, I agree with Steve um, in terms of physicality that, um, you know, I I can swim faster, I can run faster than my wife. But I have to say that my, my wife's um, pain threshold puts me to shame. <laughs> um, you know, the fact that she had two kids uh, the natural way and, uh, and I was there. Uh, <laughs> and just recently that she's just sort of a, uh, she, she, she cut her hand quite deeply in the finger um, and she just, she just sort of patched it up and not whinging at all. Whereas me, I would just, I probably would scream and howl and asking for my mummy.
1: Well, that's what happens to guys with the man flu, isn't it? <laughs>
2: I I was wondering when that was going to come up.
1: man flu. (laughs) Oh,
2: It's going to come up now.
3: So I'll come back to man flu in a second, but I'd like to offer an analogy. You've you've often heard it said that many hands make light work. It's a kind of a famous proverb, many hands make light work. But at the same time, we hear too many cooks spoil the broth. And those seem to completely contradict each other. And in the same way, we hear about man flu, but we also hear that men will never admit when they're sick or men will never admit when they're struggling. And those seem to cut against each other for me. They kind of they, they seem to be contradictory. But I did once hear it put that the reason that, that sort of explains that is that men have a very binary way of thinking. Something is either one thing or another. They are either well or they are sick. And there's not sort of a graduated scale in between where they might be a little bit sick. They, they kind of, you know, they, they, they keep soldiering on, as it were, until it gets to the point where they decide, no, I am now officially sick. And they kind of go all out and adopt the sick role. Um, I think it's sort of, uh, that's, that's the two sides of that coin. And that might mean, OK, maybe it looks a little bit like man flu. But I think uh, you've got to bear in mind the other stereotype, which completely contradicts it.
2: I, I buy the argument, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... So
3: we talked about this this passage
0: um, in 1 Peter last last week, um, and the verse, the whole verse, it uh, says, and likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the women as the weaker vessel. And then it goes on, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Um, and actually, uh, we, we talked about the idea of, you know, if you're a woman reading this passage, then... There's there's other verses that talk about um instructions to women. If you're a man reading this passage, um you're thinking about it from a man's perspective. So to just throw um what my thoughts just as a man on here, and then maybe it'd be interesting to hear from Ansi about uh what how you would respond as a woman. I think I think what what Peter's kind of saying is, well, we firstly we're all heirs of the grace of life. So actually, in the eyes of God, it, there's no distinction between man and woman here. Um, men are not better in, in any way spiritually. But because it says showing honour to the woman, to me that's that's the same kind of idea as like, oh, let me let me go out out and change that tire. Let me be the one who takes out the bins in the rain. It's is this idea of protecting and, and maybe it doesn't mean that women are incapable of doing it, but that Maybe we should be um sheltering our wives so they don't have to deal with the the stuff that's not as as enjoyable or not as unpleasant not as pleasant in life. I don't know. What do you think, Ansi, as a woman? Have I offended you?
1: <laughs> well it, I I honestly we did not plan on talking about this again. But um but I think I, I think I, I was a bit I was triggered by the word protection there when when you fathers were talking about protecting um, like your daughters or protecting you know your wife. So my my father is not actually a believer, but thinking about your contexts, okay, that you guys are the spiritual father. Uh, over your spiritual household. And so therefore you naturally have that covering um, over each family member, um, your wife and your kids. Um, but at the same time, I know that there will be a level of you want to protect, you know, your vulnerable, especially your your offspring, uh, more so your daughter. Like uh but I also know that men, men are seen as, you know, you have to be bold and courageous and um you're okay to walk out in the dark and take the bins out because you know it's winter now um, and it's dangerous out there (laughs) um but at the same time I'm thankful that actually you guys uh, were very careful with the how you phrase things that women can also do these things too but at the same time I know that yeah women do get hurt <laughs> yeah, but yeah. at the same time women will also have um I'm glad that Uncle K mentioned it that women do have a higher pain threshold it's true um uh, but women yeah we we can get emotionally upset about things and we can um be hurt but once we cry and let go of that emotion we're okay you know So on one hand that passage in the bible uh, addressing the husbands to honor your wives um, for they are the weaker vessel as co heirs. I think the emphasis is on as co heirs um, in Christ. And so there is like, there's importance there to know that you are partners in this whole situation as co heirs in Christ. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kay. And thank you so much, Steve, for joining us.
2: A pleasure yes
0: it's very nice to talk thank you this is only part one of our conversation we uh, we we've got more for you next week so uh hit the subscribe button uh and you'll be able to catch up with that next week
1: part two woohoo see you next week Bye. bye bye
0: bye